And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money. Markets. Life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Ross, CFP with Danny Ratliff, CFP Squared. We appreciate you joining us today. Man, this week... I woke up, it was Monday, and then I woke up and it was Friday. What a busy week. Busy week of news, busy week with clients, just a busy week with markets. I guess the alternative is worse. But uh, absolutely a whirlwind of a week. It has been a crazy week, and I think it's not looking to let down or let off at the moment. The news cycle, whether it's whatever news you follow... Financial news, whatever, is absolutely off the charts. <laughs> and so, man, the, I guess the best or the biggest news as futures are down 200 Dow futures, S&P down close to 30, is FedEx. FedEx, as an imprint of the, of, of the overall economy, you know, just a good poster child along with Walmart and some others, is uh, really set a dire report. And shares are off about 20% in um, – off hours trading so uh closing danny closing freezing hiring closing 90 fedex offices uh parking some cargo aircraft right reducing sunday ground operations the list goes on and on and on zero guidance for next year uh listen um one of the arteries of the economy delivery services fedex is trying to tell you that we are slowly falling into malaise or recession depending upon where we're going to be in the following year. So if there's any uh, poster child for it or few poster children, FedEx is one of them, don't you think? Yeah, Raj said Moranium. I mean, he came out, the CEO of yeah. FedEx, and said, look, we are going into or we have an impending global recession on our hands. And it's not just FedEx who's getting beat up today. Obviously, they're the worst um, you know, pre, pre-market. pre But look at UPS and any of the other transportation or delivery services they're all getting beat up, and they are. This I mean, is this is a great barometer, and we've talked about this. You know, Rich, we've talked about um, looking at Target, some of these other companies, saying, "Hey, they had to." You know, I think there was such an issue initially when coming out of the pandemic, supply was was a real problem, and obviously we had a lot of demand because everybody had money, and now once we've kind of worked through some of this, mm-hmm. the moment that there was any supply to be had, companies were were getting as much as they could. They're trying to restock inventories. And now that's slowed down considerably, not to mention, you know, the consumers strapped, higher interest rates, inflation certainly hurting everybody. These are all big concerns. And so when we Absolutely. think about all the things that are kind of they're 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 coming together, this makes sense. It does make sense. I mean, I don't think anybody should be surprised by where you see transports. Also, Deloitte, they do a great holiday survey, came out and said, listen, slower volume games this holiday season, November through January. Uh, result of the slowdown, and they're expecting holiday sales growth only between four to six percent last year, fifteen percent. So we are absolutely uh, consumers are feeling the pain of using credit cards to meet their basic needs and inflation. And what we see from the recent inflation report, uh, especially if you look at the Atlanta Fed sticky price index, that went actually went up last month, not down. So in some of the most important areas, inflation is proving to be stubborn. 
which means the Fed needs to act aggressively. Now, there are, there are pundits on both sides, right? Uh, Danny's saying, well, 75 basis points, 100 basis points, whatever it's going to be. If it's 100 basis points, the argument is, well, it makes it look like the Fed's behind the curve and the markets will panic versus the expected 75 basis points, which is baked into the cake. I don't really know if that's the case. Um, like, would that, if they did go 1%, would that actually spook the markets or would they say, the Fed's finally getting serious. I, I I don't really know how the market's gonna would would take one percent versus seventy five basis points. So look, look, the Fed just got put in a really interesting spot, right? We yeah. have inflation number CPI comes out a little bit hotter than expected. Hey, look, we are coming down, so hopefully that's an indication that yeah. inflation has peaked. It's just not coming down as quickly as most people would hope. Now, that's the problem: is the peaking part yeah. and the 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 stabilization is only the one element to get to where you are to 2% target. Correct. You know, Danny, I was thinking about it yesterday, like for our financial plans, when I was looking at the sticky price index and the wage tracker, and I'm really concerned about a wage price spiral, should we be increasing our baseline inflation rate from 25 to 3 Now, we do look at inflation per goal and, and study that. But I was wondering if we should raise our baseline next year. I, I need more data, but, you know, it's coming. It, it feels right for me to go ahead and do that because I just think this is going to be much more stubborn. Um, it's, uh, unless we see productivity increase, labor force participation rate get healthier. Uh, but I'm not sure. It, I mean, it, it could seems be. Like I mean, that, that, that could be a good point. I mean, the issue is going to be is that we're looking at plans at 20, 30 years out. And, you know, is that going to be are we still going to be there? I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was such a difficult right. time to get to this point. We had to create a pandemic to get here. <laughs> That's true. And and now, you know, where does this end? And look, there's there's so many different you know possibilities that can occur right now. But one of the bigger problems I think is now the Fed is stuck. You yes. have a you have a high CPI print, and now you have you have a, a transport that comes out that says, "Whoa, things are slowing down considerably, so much so that we're not even going to get forward guidance any longer," and we're, we're stopping hiring. Now, this is a big deal. I think this is bigger than most people are. are I, I bet I bet Jerome Powell was up. He didn't sleep a wink last night. I mean, think about it. He's supposed I to. He's, he he's expected like to come out. Baby. 0.75 next week. Can you imagine and now that? he's asleep? It's 2 a.m. Phone rings. Oh, hello. Hi, Mr. Powell. It's Janet Yellen. Just what are you wearing? What are you sleeping? Are you wearing those tiger pajamas again? Oh, oh no. those are beautiful. By the way, we're way behind. Janet, go home. You're drunk. I am. I'm drinking too much. It's 2 a.m. and I've had too much port. Hi, everybody. So, yes, I, I don't know if he's got sleepless nights, but he's got a lot of stuff on his mind. So uh, Walmart came out and said, listen, if you want deals for holiday season, you're going to get them. Yeah. We've been talking about that, right? Walmart started has started to promote gifts under 25 bucks. Um, it's also looking to, uh, Jessica Marilla, she's Walmart senior director of merchandising for toys said, listen, we got more collectible toys. People are shopping earlier. They're searching for deals. So you're going to find deals. The problem is the stuff you need to live every day. That's your problem. You know, if I need to find my GI Joe collector doll, I'll find it. But if I want to eat, <laughs> put gas in my car, because we're going to go ahead and refill the reserves at $80 a barrel versus 24, which makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the, th the shelter, right? Although we have seen cracks in the housing market, you know, mortgage rates over 6%.
I mean, it's going to, we are going to see continued pain in the housing market. I don't think this is the housing crisis by any means, but again, you're going to see issues here that are going to occur in the housing market. And what would, what was our best advice last year, Danny? For anybody looking to buy a car, anybody looking to buy a home, wait. Wait if you don't need to move. Stay put. During a, a, a storm, even an economic one, the best thing you can do is batten down the hatches and stay put. We get back. We're going to help you understand the tax torpedo. What does that mean? And implications for older Americans when it comes to Social Security. We get back here on Financial Fitness Friday. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. If your portfolio looks more like a horror show, you won't want to miss our next Candid Coffee on dealing with bloody markets. No tricks, just treats. From Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff with some not-so-spooky ideas to budgeting and how to maximize your cash. Don't be spooked by markets or Danny's bathroom. On our next Candid Coffee, Saturday, October 1st. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. So before we get started, I got a little ditty for you. And Brent's shaking his head like, oh my gosh. Go ahead. Brent's got his finger on the Brent's got his finger on the mute it, it, button. <laughs> Go for it. Let's see what you got. Do you need to do you need the uh no, Orchestra no, unless you have some James Taylor music, but because the day the president had his little party on the White House lawn and James <laughs> Taylor donated his services, yeah. that's when the horrendous inflation report came out. So this is for you, everybody. When you're down and troubled and you need a helping friend, I'll hold a party that you can't attend. Close your eyes and think of me, and soon I won't be there to brighten even your darkest night, because your electric bill is such a fright. You just call out my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll be saying, Inflation is dead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because it's all in your head. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, don't quit your day job. <laughs> <laughs> Did not like those lyrics, huh? I was, I was humming along over here. Yeah, you had to be. Yeah. You absolutely had to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Danny's just saying, you know what? I'm done with this whole show. <laughs> it's time for me to go home. 
By the way, my screen is gone, so I sang and actually disconnected this computer. My voice actually broke up the computer. That computer there? Yeah. So, but the point is, we, we, we have a candid coffee coming up before we get to the tax torpedo. Candid coffee is coming up when? October 1st. Right, Danny? Correct. And it's going to be about spooky markets. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to take your questions, but Danny and I really want to talk about what we're going to do to help you understand volatile markets. Our bonds are still good, a good place for your money. Cash is not trash. How to maximize cash. And some not so spooky ideas to budgeting, unless you think inflation's going away next year. But these are good tips regardless of the conditions. So don't be spooked. That's our Halloween version. Uh, Saturday, October 1st, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Not, not 8 a.m. It's 9 a.m. this time, huh? 9 a.m. We may need to switch that. 9 a.m. I think we go back to 8. That may be a draft on the... On the graphic. We, uh, we need to go back to 8 o'clock. We do our 8 o'clock. Somebody Danny else thought they had to be there. Like, we're going to sleep in a little bit. We're going to move this to 9. <laughs> do we understand Rich and I get up pretty early? Do we go back to standard time? I'm October already or? eating dinner at 9 a.m., even on a Saturday. <laughs> He's so, at Luby's front door. Like, Luby's. If you can find Luby's. Um, still one in the woodlands. Um, I know you know where they are. They're, yeah, they're your favorite one. locations on yeah. your phone, aren't they? I don't think Luby's has an app, does it? The, the Luby's app. What year are we in? 91? Uh, so you go to Real Investment Advice. It's a Zoom webinar. Luann Platter, please. Yeah. <laughs> King of the Hill. Still I, one of the best shows ever. I dated her in high school. Luann Platter. So she, did... Uh, she was a dish. She, <laughs> now she's too expensive. Yeah. She's way too expensive. That inflation's really hit the Luann's platter. Um, so when you go to Real Investment Advice, you sign up. But here's the thing. Danny and I really want to get a feel for what you're all going through as well. You know, budgeting tips you have. We get some great budgeting tips for everybody who listens to the show and clients, and we want to make sure that uh, we get those from you. So we're going to have some really good tips. Uh, the most frightening thing probably that day will be Danny's bathrobe. He hasn't changed it out since I think he was born in that bathrobe. Listen, at least I'm uh, wearing my wife's bathrobe, okay? What? Okay. <laughs> Have you seen his? <laughs> Not in person. It's a very beautiful, it's a Chinese kind of, listen, it's a hot it's bath. Silk, it's, it's silk, it's very. It's a sarong. Yeah, it is, sort of like It's a, a woman's bathrobe, yeah, okay? Yeah. <laughs> He's, Danny's has got the moths coming out of it. <laughs> it smells like that, too. <laughs> Mothballs. <laughs> I never wear a robe. Oh, oh the mothball. And we're sweating to death, no matter what the season is and what Isn't robe we're true. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, But this is going to be a great uh, can of coffee. Now, I'll tell you, next year we're going to do can of coffees every month, the last Saturday of the month. We're going to have all different topics. We'll have guests. Uh, and, and what's nice is it's before you start your day, not 9 a.m. Danny, aren't you already in ball games and stuff don't you oh gotta, man by 9 a.m by yeah, 10 a.m sure. you're in debt yeah god yeah. listen we got to change it to 8 a.m otherwise danny's going to be sleeping in the doghouse again yeah, it probably needs to be like six or seven but yeah. <laughs> we'll make eight work we'll make it we'll make 8 a.m work parental work on getting that changed so sit in if not we'll have it taped uh we'll have it ready for you on our youtube channel so the tax torpedo here's an interesting thing when people look at marginal tax rates they never incorporate or think about how Social Security taxation can affect them. So when you look at a tax torpedo, 
That's a sharp rise and then a sharp fall in marginal tax rates that are caused by taxation of Social Security benefits. So actually, this hits many middle-income households, and it could take their marginal tax rate or uh, within a wide range of income to be anywhere from 150% or 185% of their tax bracket. And people think that, well, you know, you have to be this incredibly wealthy person and uh, collect all these dollars of modified adjusted gross income um, to get hit by the tax torpedo. The tax torpedo does not discriminate. Actually, the more middle income you are, the more you're probably going to get hit because then there's just a point where you're going to be taxed 85% of your, of your Social Security is going to be taxed. So this is why Danny and I talk a lot about delaying Social Security until 70. Um, because if I do that, because you got to remember, uh, I'm going to get the maximum payout. So in other words, if I can increase my Social Security benefits because of the age 70 and then maybe decrease my withdrawals from my tax-deferred accounts, uh, maybe even by equal amount, this can actually cause your provisional income to decrease. In other words, provisional income is a formula that's used to figure out how much of your Social Security is taxed. And it's a real onerous formula, right? So you have modified adjusted gross income, pretty clear how that's, how that's, how that's derived, right? And we understand what counts as income. But then there's this pesky thing called the provisional income formula. Ooh, it's scarier than any ghost or zombie on Halloween. Because what do they put into that, that calculation, Danny, to figure out whether Social Security is taxed? Well, they're going to put half your Social Security. Yes, yeah, so they're going to add back half your Social Security yep. income, right? They're going to add that back. They're going to put your, your AGI, and then they're going to put your municipal bond interest, your municipal which bond. everybody thinks that, hey, I've got this great tax-free income, and it is great. But for these purposes, they actually add that back, and that's how they're going to come and, and determine if or how much of Social Security is taxable. Right. So to Danny's point, this vicious equation. What a tricky deal. Yeah, it is, really. Who thought of this, Right. So we'll I have. Those, we'll get those lay people. We'll get those people. They're sitting home on their fat government pensions. Um, their welfare check. <laughs> so modified adjusted gross income includes everything in adjusted gross income except a taxable portion of your Social Security benefits because that's where that onerous provisional income falls into play. So I don't need to make a lot of modified adjusted gross income to get my Social Security tax. The first and second income thresholds are 25000 and 34000 for singles. And then for couples, it's 32000 and 44000 And it is very easy to get into those thresholds for Social Security taxation. It's easier than you think because we are told in the financial services industry that every dollar you save has to go in tax-deferred accounts. So if I take all my money, all my just even if I withdraw my 4% from tax-deferred accounts, I am building up my modified adjusted gross income, which is going to trigger this provisional income issue. Imagine if I had a bucket, Danny, of Roth conversion money that I can blend so that maybe I can fit within these tiers and manage to not get squashed by the tax torpedo. Wouldn't that be nice? Would be fantastic. But it goes against everything we've been taught for years and years and years that you need to fund 
all the tax deferred accounts because, hey, you're going to make so much less in retirement. And unfortunately, that's just not what we see these days. And we continue to put, print money where and when. Who's going to pay for it, right? So, Danny, think about this example. Here's a guy, Tom. He's single. He gets $12,000 in Social Security benefits. So now we look at he's in the 12% tax bracket. In other words, he's bringing in 28000 to 34000 Not that difficult to pull that out of your IRA, is it, every no. year? Which means, well, Danny, my tax accountant says I'm in the 12% bracket. Okay. But on my taxable Social Security is at 085 so if I multiply that by my tax bracket, my marginal tax rate is really 22.2%. So it doesn't take a lot of modified adjusted gross income to torpedo you when it comes to Social Security taxation. Your marginal tax rate is much more than you possibly think because of that $0.50 cents or $0.85 cents on the dollar based on those thresholds. So what we want to give you an idea is how do I avoid this, Danny? I mean, what do I do? I mean, if I'm, say, 10 years from retirement, aren't there ways maybe I can minimize this tax torpedo? Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of things we can do, and I don't think it's just 10 years prior to retirement. Mm -hmm. This is at any time. I mean, we know people who are retired or people who uh, are, are very near towards it, and they're starting to put these types of uh, behaviors into action. But the younger, the better, because you're gonna have a leg up. You're gonna be, you're not gonna be having a, you're not gonna be in an environment where you're going to have to worry about this right now. We get back. We're gonna consider that tax torpedo. I avoid it as best I can. My name's Fitness Friday. Stay tuned. investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com if your portfolio looks more like a horror show you won't want to miss our next candid coffee on dealing with bloody markets no tricks just treats from richard rosso and danny ratliff with some not so spooky ideas to budgeting and how to maximize your cash don't be spooked by markets or danny's bathroom on our next candid coffee saturday october 1st register now at realinvestmentadvice.com candid coffee with ratliff and rosso realinvestmentadvice.com you're listening to The Real Investment Show. Hey guys, welcome back to The Real Investment Show, Financial Fitness Friday edition. Hey, yeah. do us a favor. If you really like Janet Yellen, hit the like button and the subscribe button. If you don't like her, hit it anyways. Because <laughs> the more likes you hit, the less, well... I'll come up with a new voice. I want I can talk like Jerome Powell and be very stilted. So the tax torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the tax torpedo? Remember, the tax torpedo is the sharp rise and fall 
in middle-income households marginal tax rates as their income rises. And that's caused by the taxation of Social Security benefits. But there are ways to minimize the torpedo. And one way is if you're going to be an early, a young retiree, and I consider a young retiree 65 or 62, whatever age you are, the one thing you want to try to do is start pulling down your IRA with uh, accounts and 401ks. The conventional wisdom is to tell you to let that money sit and grow this tax-deferred wonderful snowball. No. What you want to do is try to reduce the tax of the IRA burden by drawing it down, whether it's through living expenses, surgical Roth conversions, moving money into a plain old brokerage account before your required minimum date and the, and the, and the feds force you to do it. Now, Richard, you're talking about prior to taking Social Security, correct? Prior. Okay. Right. Instead of taking Social Security, and this is called a bridge strategy. Matter of fact, more and more people are amenable to this, to let Social Security sit and get that delayed retirement credits from full retirement age to 70 by pulling money from their IRAs, drawing that down, and using that money to live. Right. If the old wisdom, Danny, would be what? Let the IRA, don't touch it. Don't touch, no. Don't touch it till you have to. Don't, no, it don't becomes do it a RMDs. tax time bomb yeah. when RMDs come because then you're not dictating your taxes and your brackets. The government is. So you want to draw it down, let Social Security sit. So delaying Social Security benefits allow you to minimize the adverse effects of the tax torpedo because I don't have to take those distributions from my IRA. In other words, if I'm getting... Say I'm getting $35,000, $40,000 a year in Social Security benefits. I don't have to now take that withdrawal from my 401k or my IRA, mm -hmm. which doesn't count toward modified adjusted gross income, doesn't go into my provisional income, and I wind up reducing or eliminating the tax torpedo. Well, the tax torpedo goes even further. It's not just Social Security that can be taxable, but it's also – so think about this. We're all concerned about means testing. This is means testing. Yeah, this is the back pocket means testing, Correct. whether it's this or IRMA charges. Which is exactly what they do with Medicare. Right. They're doing it with Social Security. You're already being subject to that. So this is just a way around, a different way to start thinking about this. We want to throw that conventional wisdom out the window mm -hmm. and start thinking about how do we keep more money in your pocket? And it's going to feel weird initially because we've been taught something for so long, especially, you know, look, we've been accumulators. And so as we're accumulating, accumulating, and now you're becoming a distributor, it's a different mindset, but it's also a different mindset in just saying, hey, we're not going to take from the after-tax first. We're going to take from pre-tax, and we're going to delay Social Security. We're going to start doing this very methodically, and we're going to have a plan, not just start taking money out of accounts. Right. I'm going to start dissecting that tax time bomb so it doesn't blow up on me. I'm going to pull money from the IRAs first, and I'm, always, and I'm going to try to maybe even create a bucket of tax after-tax money through Roth. Or I'm going to go to my brokerage. But whatever. So where do you take a withdrawal from first? I, I if I retired at 62, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, based on conversations with partners, I'll be here till I'm 80. So um, plan doesn't work. <laughs> plan doesn't work. Plan doesn't work. Red alert. What's that on uh, Lost in Space? Danger, danger, <laughs> warning. <I> Will <laughs> Robinson, <laughs> Professor Smith. We absolutely need to get that button, yeah. especially for the partner meetings. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, hit the withdrawal button as best you can. That's the 
withdraw your money from your IRAs. I would personally, Danny, I would examine my tax brackets, right? And I would say, say I needed X amount to live. I would take out more up to the next bracket. I would, I would be taking more out of my IRAs in retirement before Social Security hits. Why would I do it? I would surgically convert. So say I needed whatever, $30,000, $40,000, and I could take another twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 out because I can go ahead and convert that to Roth. I would do that. I would maximize my tax brackets knowing if I had enough taxes, you know, enough money in an after-tax to pay my um, – you know, pay taxes on those conversions and withdrawals. That's what I would be doing. I would aggressively come up with a plan to draw down my IRA before required minimum distributions hit and to allow my Social Security to maximize at age 70. And keep in mind, though, as you're doing this, when you're doing a conversion, you cannot go back and recharacterize this. So if this ends up putting you in a higher tax bracket, you have additional taxes that are uh, that are caused because of this, be cautious. You don't get a do-over anymore. Yeah. Where it used to be, you could year in years past. So many people are still familiar with that. But when we do this, you can't go back. So this is something I would always consult with your CPA. I would typically wait towards the end of the year. We have been doing more, you know, as markets have been down, finding depressed assets, mm. moving those over. That's a great strategy. But if you may be subject to income that is very uh, variable, and you may have some things coming in towards the end of the year or income, I would likely wait until the end of the year. I'm not saying wait till another year, but wait till you have a very good understanding as far as what that means, how much you would take up to the next tax bracket, or at least have a very good understanding that, hey, you may be paying more in taxes than you anticipated. Big Daddy says withdrawing IRA until 70 and waiting to collect Social Security leaves you more dependent on the government for income. For your, in your later years. But wait, wait, but, but here's the kicker. You're just withdrawing. This doesn't mean that you have to live on it. Right. So we're, we're big advocates of, hey, okay, you're going to have X amount that your expenses are. We're going to take above and beyond, move those funds out, and just put them in a different type of account. Exactly. It may be your Roth, which is going to become, which is going to be tax-free growth if you wait those five years. Um, or... You may put it in your checking, your savings, your investment account. I mean, and there's so many and, ways to do this. And Danny, you say the government is in your IRA. They're going to change your marginal tax rate. You think you're a free, for fleeing the government just because you're taking more Social Security out for longer. <laughs> you're living in some sort of ethereal world because I'm going to have to take my required minimum distributions, and I'm going to be taxed, and then I got my provisional income formula, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of screwed out of the way I work it. We're trying to make sure you're paying less taxation on your Social Security benefits. And the idea would also be that you're actually, you have funds in other types of accounts already that you're going to delay making distributions from. So the idea is, hopefully in a perfect world, we have money in, you know, ideally it would be all tax-free funds, right? You know how, Roths, I, you know how I get away from the government totally? Cash value. You know what I do? I do what Lance said. You start, the first thing you always do from up front is you do Roth. My daughter is 24 years old. I say, don't you dare go near pre-tax accounts. Everything you're going to do is Roth. And then I would get a permanent life insurance policy. I have one client that I've worked with where the way we've crafted this over the last 20 years, he is going to collect $150,000 in income 
from Roth and permanent tax, uh, life insurance. And guess what, Danny? His Social Security won't be taxed at all, and he's not dependent on the government at all as far as extra taxation. That's completely tax-free money, unless you think taxes are going lower in the future. Although those people seem to be hidden in a corner thinking that tax rates are going lower. <laughs> I used to get someone that would go, yes, they are. I'm like, where are you? Yeah, no. Where are you now? Get under a rock. So um, you're, the government's involved in your business when you're retired, no matter what you try to do. You can try to minimize it, or you can try to reduce your taxation on it. But listen, like you said, Danny, they're your partner, no matter what. You're, they're in control of what you do. Uh, unfortunately, um, overall, but there is a ways to reduce it. When you do financial plan, uh, and we use specific programs, we can help you understand how surgical Roth conversions can work. Your financial advisor should be able to help you understand the benefits of looking at Roth or after-tax money so that you have the ability in retirement to have multiple buckets to draw from to create an income stream. And we run a lot of Roth conversion analysis, and some suggest not to do anything. However, I have some clients that come to me and say, Danny, you know what? I would rather go ahead and do it anyways because I think taxes are likely going to go higher. And we don't know. We're, we're, we're talking about hypothetical scenarios that may or may not occur. But if somebody truly believes that taxes are going up, they say, listen, I'd really hedge my bets. I'm going to go ahead and move some out, even though – it currently says that I don't necessarily need to or maybe I don't benefit as much mm -hmm. from it because I think they're going to be more aggressive with this down the road than what we're assuming within this plan. Agree. Taxes are an important part of your plan. A good tax advisor to work with your financial advisor uh, is important. To not fall for the bullcrap traditional advice of putting every dollar you have in pre-tax accounts doesn't make sense. I understand we all want to save taxes now, but I would rather have more dollars in my pocket in retirement. when And I, I have the money to pay the taxes now. When I'm retired, I don't. I want every dollar in my pocket, especially if it can affect my Medicare premiums and taxation on Social Security. Hey, when we get back, we're going to talk about U.S. retirement rankings. Where are we? On the global on the global stage. Stinky. We're stinky. As far as our ranking. We get back here on Financial Fitness Friday. Stay tuned. It's rock and roll. 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 Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. If your portfolio looks more like a horror show, you won't want to miss our next Candid Coffee on dealing with bloody markets. No tricks, just treats. From Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff with some not-so-spooky ideas to budgeting and how to maximize your cash. Don't be spooked by markets or Danny's bathroom. On our next Candid Coffee, Saturday, October 1st. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
welcome back to our last segment. Um, you know, when you look at FedEx this morning getting completely hammered. I mean, Jason Voorhees <laughs> hammered. Um, these lead to opportunities. A lot of these cyclical companies, prices are going to come to you. This is where recession could be a great cleansing. These are good comp- These are great companies. UPS, Union Pacific, all these transports that are getting slammed. Um, they're going to be buys unless you think FedEx is going out of business. Uh, that's not a recommendation. It's something that when prices come down and you've got cash in your portfolio, you have the ability to look at these and say once we cycle out or even before we cycle out of this, right, because markets will price, the price in recessions uh, early on. Um, right, Danny? Stocks will, there will be certain companies that will be a buy. Let all the bad news get wrung out, and then if you have cash for opportunities, that's a great place to be. Having cash through an economic downturn is not going to hurt you. I think I told you the other day, I, I put something on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, and a professor from University of Houston told me that that was the worst advice he ever heard. What was that? To have cash. Cash loses to inflation. Cash is terrible. Remember that one chart that Lance would do that would show you, depending on the ver- ver- um the valuations of the market where it's best to hold cash and then put it into markets. Cash is a diversifier. Cash is an asset class. Cash is actually earning something for you. I can get a, th- I can get a three-month T-bill. I think it's, what, 3%? Okay? I can hold cash through a, through a rough downturn and have the ability to pick my spots to put money into. It's not If I'm going to hold cash for an eternity, now some people will because they're in distribution mode and they need to have a cash bucket. But that's problematic if you're going to hold it forever. But that's what we're everybody not, thinks. We're Why? If, we're, if we're saying, what are the effects of inflation on your cash? Is it principal loss or inflation? I'm going to fall on one of these swords. Which one do I want to fall on? So did you ask him where he should invest? Where, where should oh, he be? Oh, he should be 100% stocks. <laughs> All times. Okay. If you're a vampire. <laughs> if you're a vampire and you're going to live forever. Because then I can absolutely get that 10% year-over-year return. Um, but cash can be helpful when you see companies like FedEx and go, ooh, you know, I always wanted to own that in my portfolio. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the numbers. I'm going to see where they go. It, I'm not saying this is a recommendation for people that say, hey, I've been wanting to start a position. Maybe I put a small position in when everybody's selling. I'm buying a little bit of it. Not trying to catch a falling knife if, if, if I think the fundamentals are going to turn on this. Got to do my homework. Got to do my homework. Uh, but I'm saying cash is good. Cash will be able to help you do this, especially if we're going to go through turbulence in markets um, overall. Well, there's a lot of re- turbulence when it comes to retirement rankings and planning. So um, Nat- Natixis, yeah, investment managers, they do this global retirement index every, um, every year. And we're down a spot from last year. We are 18th compared to other countries, Danny, when it comes to retirement securities. Inflation, market volatility, and aging population make 2022 one of the worst Years to retire, according to a Bloomberg report. Where you retire in a cycle, market cycle, is complete luck. But then, if I'm at the whim totally of variable assets for my income, I need to analyze the withdrawal rate. So you are retiring today in a market headwind, right? And you need to be realistic about it 
if this continues. But don't worry about it. Don't have any cash on hand. <laughs> Just cash is trash. Cash is trash. You'll wake up. It'll be better. Let me get myself a bumper sticker. Cash is trash. Uh, top 20 countries for 2022 in retirement security. Norway, Switzerland, Iceland, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand. Top six. 18. We're, well, South Korea is just one above us. <laughs> Israel, South Korea, United States, United Kingdom, and Belgium. By the way, top 20, we're 18. We're circling the bowl. We're circling the bowl before someone goes and flushes away. That's why the dad plan is not a bad one. We got Lance on it. The diet desk. All of a sudden you'll go to Brent's on it. He's raising his hand. You'll go to Lance. He'll be at his computer because he doesn't turn around to talk to you, by the way. When he's writing, he won't. He won't look. You make eye contact. He's staring at his screen. Actually, he won't even talk. Like, no, he, uh, finally, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day he's just going to be propped up there. And, like weekend at Bernie's. You know he'll be dead because his but his hands will still be moving. Yeah, <laughs> and we know they're just going to be twitching. There's no words. You know, we're going to have to see signs that he's still alive. As much writing as he does, when he passes, how long do his fingers still work? I say twenty minutes. You think? He gets out one last chart. Enough to finish the paragraph. Got to get out the Lance Roberts life expectancy chart. And it's all over. What do you think? What's, what's the last chart? Yeah, what is the last chart? You know what? <laughs> what is the last chart? It's like a... We should Lance, do an office there. pool. <laughs> The it, very you know? last chart Lance does before he keels over. And Mrs. Roberts collects the life insurance and runs off with a 20-something. What, um, what is that last chart? That'll be very interesting to see. Lance, I know you're listening. Come we'll on. We'll have to memorialize it on his... You can actually have that etched into his stone. Yeah, the last well, chart. Well, I'm going I'm to start mass-producing these things, have him sign them all now. When he goes... <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad... What? NFTs. Why isn't Lance involved in NFTs with these charts? <laughs> oh, man. Lance, we've got some work to do this weekend, okay? NFTs, the Lance Roberts collection. What are we doing here? That could absolutely work. That could absolutely work. So uh, Bank of America says, based on their survey, that people don't think cash is trash. Investors are fleeing stocks. Allocations to stocks are at record lows and cash exposure at all-time highs. This is, this is a historically high 52% of respondents say they are underweight equities. 62% are overweight cash. And that's the Global Fund Manager Survey. That's 212 participants with $616 billion under management through September 8th. So I don't know, Danny, is this a good thing or is this a contrarian indicator? If I'm, I'm, I'm like investors are fleeing. Now, these are uh, institutional investors that have um, more cash. Sentiment is growing super bearish. This is from Michael Harnett, one of the strategists. Uh, energy crisis further weighing on risk appetite. A net 42% of global investors are underweight European e equities. The largest such position on record. I mean, Europe, 
European equities have not performed for so, so long. There's going to be a point where money is going to go into them. I've just been waiting uh, to see. So I don't know, Danny. This might be one of those uh, contrarian indicators that we have so many managers sitting on cash. Well, I think it's contrarian initially, but I think, you know, we look at volatility. VIX still has not, it hasn't registered like it typically would with the, you know, looking at Tuesday, a four or 5% down day. It, it didn't seem to matter as much. Um, you look at all the things that are occurring right now. And I think that, you know, it's contrarian maybe initially, but we need some capitulation. When does that occur? When does a retail investor say, hey, this is enough? I know there's a lot of you out there that are saying that right now, saying, man, we're right back where we were in May. I know you guys are frustrated, but at what point does everybody run for the hills? At that point, I think that's when we need to get a little bit more excited about markets. Not that there's not opportunity now. I mean, I've been telling everybody, look, I'm, I'm very, I'm cautiously optimistic because I, I can see that we're finding opportunities that just weren't there a year ago. And I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of those out there here in the near future. Yeah. You know, uh, the other survey highlights, one was the most crowded trades, long U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. We talked about this. Long oil and commodities. And everybody's hated the dollar, right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting that everybody's long, but for the last two or three years, so I mean, everybody's been against So it. in some ways, in our portfolios, we're on the other side of this boat, right? Because U.S. dollar is a crowded trade. We have a little bit in some portfolios of European currency, right? Short U.S. treasuries is a crowded trade. And we actually added more to longer duration treasuries if we're right about recession. So sometimes you've got to look at what Lance does and Michael as the, the technicals and say, wait a minute, too many people on this side of the boat. We've got to shift and start adding some money on the other side of this, of the trade. And I think that we've absolutely done that. The one thing we do have to be concerned about and understand this underweight of European equities is this European energy crisis is going to be serious. If they have a tough winter this year, it is going to be a problem. I, I mean, I think their, their heating and, and overall energy costs are gonna go up well over 100%. So this, this is going to be a problem uh, for European economies. But again, markets move ahead. So if this comes true, right, you might see money starting to go into these. This is the very much the contrarian way of how markets work. Very counterintuitive. We see unemployment going up in the United States and markets actually go positive. That's how it works. The nature of the beast. Um, so, uh, yeah. I should be ashamed of my behavior, but let me be clear. I'm not, but I should be. Brent left me that little message today on the computer. And it so fits. Don't you think so, Danny? Absolutely. Hey, go to realinvestmentadvice.com. Mm -hmm. Go sign up for our next can of coffee, October 1st, 8 a.m. Uh, love to have you guys there. And don't forget to send in your questions. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button as well. We'd love to see you more often. Lance's and daily commentary is great. Comes right in your in in inbox. Everything you need to know for the day, like by 7, 730, it's there. That's right. Sign up for it. Nobody's going to sell your information or send you stuff. Sign up. Get the data and information you need before you start your day. That's it, folks. See you next week. Have a great weekend.